Hey everyone, Al here, and this is my promised mini-sode that I mentioned on this past Mando Monday, and it's a little thing that I like to call Bonos. Okay, so uh, hold on one second, I just want to check something real quick. Bob! Hey Bob! Bob, are you here? Will I be spoiling anything for you? Bob, are you here? Bob! Okay, so now that's out of the way. I want to let you know that this will contain spoilers for Star Wars, Clone Wars, and a little bit of Rebels. Nothing too crazy, but mostly backstory, which you learn if you watch the show, which I completely recommend that you do. So if you don't want spoilers... Then fast forward to the last five seconds so we will get credit for the listen, and that'll help us out. As you know, if you watch Chapter 11 of The Mandalorian or you listen to this past Mando Monday, which you should have on a side note, then you'll know that the episode had a huge reveal of the character from the animated universe, Bo-Katan. The Mandalorian soldier, she's best known for her role, as I said, in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Why is the Bo-Katan reveal so big, you ask? Well, like I said with Bob, this is really the first time that a character from the animated Star Wars continuity has made their way into the live-action universe. There have been other mentions and cameos, like I said, from characters from Rebels being in Rogue One, but this is the real first on-the-screen, in-your-face moment that made it feel like they were both actually one in the same continuity. But first, before I get to Bo-Katan, I want to talk about her sister, Satine. Bob mentioned Satine really quick on the first episode, and he actually confused her with the character that was played by WWE superstar and current SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks. Listen to yet another wrestling podcast with your host, me. Satine, she played a large role on the Clone Wars uh, as the Duchess of Mandalore during the actual Clone Wars themselves. Uh, she would try to keep the planet neutral since both the Republic and the Separatists wanted to be aligned with them since the Mandalorian army and soldiers are just so strong and so well known throughout the galaxy. So all this made her a target for things like assassination attempts and coups from splinter groups such as the Separatists or even other groups of Mandalorians such as Death Watch, which her sister Bo-Katan was a member of. Satine also had an underlying romance with our good friend Obi-Wan Kenobi when he was assigned to protect her years ago when he was a Padawan under Qui-Gon Jinn. They allude to this quite a bit. It's almost like an Anakin Padme thing, but it ends in the way as if Anakin would have just abandoned Padme and went with the Jedi as opposed to going crazy and being possessive of her uh, from being, you know, a crazy Sith. So there we go. But to those that think Sasha Banks is Satine, well, you're absolutely wrong because she was murdered by Darth Maul after he took control of Death Watch later in the series. Yes, I said Darth Maul. He is still alive anyway, but you got to watch uh, Rebels to find out more about that. So now on to Bo-Katan and how she figures into the show. It has a lot to do with the Darksaber. The Darksaber was a war trophy taken by the Mandalorians 
uh, during the war with the Jedi from thousands and thousands of years ago. It ended up being passed down from generation to generation until it came into the hands of uh, Pre Vizsla. Pre Vizsla was the leader of Death Watch. Vizsla, who started a lot of, I want to say, unrest in Mandalorian society, because like I said, Satine wanted a more peaceful, more neutral world, while Pre Vizsla was more like an ancient type of Mandalorian follower, where he's more kind of like, I guess a warlord would be a good way to put it, but you never really know, uh, because later in the series, Vizsla went on to lose the Darksaber and his life in a duel for leadership of Death Watch to Darth Maul, once again, who is still alive at this point at least. Darth Maul used the artifact to kind of gain respected followers from all the Mandalorian houses, kind of like getting Excalibur for King Arthur, just for an easy kind of comparison there. Uh, this led to a coup where Maul actually ends up murdering Satine, like I said, and he uses that to take control of Mandalore. After Satine is murdered, Bo-Katan starts a rebellion with other Mandalorians who resist Maul's savage ways. He's kind of turned it into almost like a, a crime lord. He becomes like a crime lord in charge of Mandalore. So when you watch Solo and you watch the post credit scene and you see Darth Maul, He's on Mandalore at that time, running the whole place and has his fingers in everything. So this leads to a grand civil war, which is just the remnants of Bo-Katan and her followers going up against the Maul and everyone who, all of his followers, everyone who ends up following him. From that, it caused so much unrest. It actually leads to the Siege of Mandalore. You can actually see that. I can't even give that justice describing how it is. But you have to watch the final season of Clone Wars that was released on Disney Plus a few months back. It's fantastic. It explains a lot of where Ashoka ended up being after the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, but before Rebels. And now her appearing on The Mandalorian pretty soon which is absolutely mind-blowing how cool that is that also leads from there onto that mandalorian purge that was mentioned a few times just the galactic empire folks they're not cool <laughs> they're not cool at all do not do don't don't like anything about them they suck they're mean they're horrible they're space nazis don't like them so what does that kind of mean for the mandalorian well, my thoughts are Bo wants a Darksaber as a unifying symbol for her people and maybe the start of maybe a new Mandalorian society. It would kind of make a lot of sense since she has the family and house line from being, you know, related to Duchess Satine, which gives her legitimacy there to like a throne. But also she has the clout for being associated with Death Watch and Pre Vizsla. So it kind of just brings in both sides to unify them. And the only way to get that Darksaber back, though, is to find Gideon, or as I like to call him, Moff Gusfring. Ha ha ha. Anyway. But yeah, so this is why the previous episode was much bigger than most. Bo-Katan, I think, will have not a huge presence. I'm sure you will see her again in the series, and from exploits probably of her and her Mandalorian team doing stuff behind the scenes. I'm not expecting her to like be a weekly established character, but she's going to come on a collision course with Gideon for that Darksaber. 
I guarantee that at least. But anyway, that is why I thought that the previous episode of The Mandalorian, the last one, was way bigger than just Mando meeting some extra Mandalorians and then they take down a ship full of weapons. There is a lot of backstory that I can't even do justice to Bo-Katan and where she got to now in the Star Wars continuity. And it's something that I highly recommend you watching. So definitely go back if you can, get the DVDs, get a Disney Plus subscription for a month or two if you don't have it already, and watch it. Can't recommend that enough. So that's what I think. But what do you think? Let us know your theories by reaching out to us on our Twitter at GeeksNetedPod or email us at GeeksNetedPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, plus, you can actually look for Geeks Netted on TikTok. We are on TikTok now because Facebook is a cesspool. But those are my thoughts of The Mandalorian, and I can't wait to talk about the next episode on the next Mando Monday.